amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your beautiful host, uh, Judy Gold, and thank you for uh, being here and listening. Um, I hope you're enjoying the end of summer, which I don't prefer. I like summer. I am a summer, summer person. I like I like autumn, but I really like summer. So uh, I hope you're listening to this while you're, I don't know, doing something sunny and funny and fun. Our guest uh, this week is Kirsten Michelle Sills. This is part two of my interview with her, who is just an inspiration on so many levels. So I hope you enjoy, and while you're listening realize what is truly important in life. You got to see your parents in spurts. You, okay. Your whole childhood is so foreign to 99.99999 to everyone pretty much. (laughs) Um, And yet you laugh and yet you, you figured it out. You, you know, it's funny because I'm not comparing this to you having a terminal illness and being in the hospital. Okay. I'm just I'm listening. prefacing that. Where were you on 9-11, Judy? I told you I was breastfeeding. Oh, I'm okay. Kidding. Oh, all right. I had my tit out. No, listen. When I went on the road in the 80s and 90s, like, and this is sort of like with you, like, except I wasn't terminally ill. I was terminally bored and terminally anxious and terminally like mm-hmm. homesick. But we had no computers. We couldn't use the tel- telephone because it was too expensive to make calls. And I, I've said this a thousand times on the podcast. I had one suitcase that was just a junk drawer of books. I'd bring my clarinet. I mean, you know, you had to entertain yourself. Yeah. Um, and it is a skill I have, and I'm able to be alone. And I remember, um, you know, when I, when I, my last relationship broke up, the other mom of my, of our kids, um, my friend Susie Essman, who's like, I don't know if you know her from Curb, but she's like the wisest, kindest, the greatest. Anyway, she's like, just be by yourself. You know, (laughs) who else would you rather hang out with? You know? And, uh, that hit me like a ton of, I'm like, Mm -hmm. She's like, you're so fun. Who else would you? And I'm like, that's right. I'm fun. I like me, you know? Yeah. And I, and you did that. Oh yeah. As a fucking single digit kid. (laughs) And, but you know, what's so toxic about it is now I can't stand being around people. Oh my God. Same. Oh my God. I like, but no amount of alone time is enough alone time. I 
lived in a studio apartment. I saved up so much money so that my last couple of years of college, I could live in a studio apartment. And like, I could just do, I fucking love being alone. But like you said, like, yes, it's a great skill, but I also feel like it totally came out of necessity. I don't know that I would be as um, heroic and be able to do it if I, if it were the year of our Lord 2022 and I was, right. fucking, you know, had my iPad and all this shit. Like, right. Yeah. Like, can probably, you imagine kids now? No. Um, or, no. you know, they can, they can go well, to can school go to on fa- at a restaurant without their right. iPad. No, but I'm saying kids with cystic fibrosis now in, in the hospital, can FaceTime, can see I their- know. And I, I got to like see that evolution and, you know, for my own self, cause I, you know, didn't stop being sick as a kid. I was still right. sick at 10, sick at 16, sick at 20. And so I got to like see the evolution of like, I remember my mom buying me a calling card for the phone. So I, the phone in my hospital room, so I could call her. Um, and then that went from like, she, you could pay for internet so that I could, right. Like if I was allowed to leave my room, I could use a desktop. And then when I was like, wow, I could bring my laptop and pay for internet. Now it's just completely free. You know, like I got to see it all happen, but I was very lucky to have, uh, once I got to be like old enough that I appreciated things, like even when I wasn't in the hospital, I still was never on the same sleep schedule as people my age. Cause I was, you know, when you're sick and you're like, you sleep all day and you're up all night. And so, well, that's comics too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And so when I was a kid, like, even if I wasn't in the hospital and I was still sick, I would be up all night. And so the shit that I, that's on at night, I don't, I didn't get, I wasn't awake for the fucking kids shows, you know, like the stuff that would be like, right. You watch, I, I read, I heard you brought, you were into cheers. You were into three's company. Um, you love Jimmy Fallon. And that's what got you into comedy is watching his show at 1137 every single night. Have you met Jimmy Fallon yet? 1237. And, uh, I met him when I was obsessed with him, uh, not met in the way that I would consider met now, but I, my, (laughs) this was when they were giving away tickets on the street to late night because no one had heard about it. Oh yeah, that's right. And you knew every, I I heard you say this, you knew every skit you were like talking to people going, Oh, I wonder if he's going to do this tonight and that tonight. Uh And they were like, like, we just, Someone they just, just and I wasn't you had to be 17 to go. And you were 15. 15. Yeah. But so my mom was like, if we need you, we'll get you a fake ID so you can right. get me. And uh so yeah, I never uh I, I tweeted at him days, weeks leading up. Um at my old Twitter, which was Kirsten Fallon, which was my name for everything, because I was convinced at age 14 that I was gonna be the reason that this 37 year old man left. <laughs> um, I thought I, he Kristen was Fallon, that's so that, funny. I thought he was gonna meet me and it was over for his wife. Kristen Fallon. And so he uh he responded to my tweet when I said, like, I'm coming and you're my biggest fan, you know, and I'm your biggest fan, and like I just am obsessed with you, and like I'm I'm coming to the show, and I just kept doing it, and he responded. And then when I went so the show at the end, he kind of walks down the aisles at the end and high fives everyone on the aisles. And I was at an aisle and he, I guess, recognized me because everyone else is just clapping and I'm crying and was like, 
hey, are you the girl? Are you Kirsten from Twitter? And I was like, uh, yeah. Um, and he just shook my hand and gave me a hug. And it, I'm still riding that high. <laughs> I, we have to get you on there to do stand up. Bro, I would I would do anything. To OK, I'm, I'm going to do that. You know what sucks, though, is that when you turn 18, you age out of your make-a-wish. And I never used it because <gasps> I would have used it to meet Jimmy Fallon. But oh, was, God, you met I, him. I wasn't dreaming that big. I didn't think like, oh, I want to use it to fucking get dinner with Jimmy Fallon. You know, that's so not that, right. The make-a-wish is only up till 18. No, it's not. And so I think, they need to do an adult one. However, you know what I've noticed is that there's no one. No, most people don't know that. So if I say some things might make a wish, I've never gotten pushback or asked for any contracts or you know what I mean. Oh, right. Good. You can just say it. There's no there's no database uh, for randoms to check. But yeah, I would. I've been really trying as a comic to start doing like I think my my next move is to start trying to do late night shows. Um, but I'll help you any way you can. Thank I can. You. I, I don't. I. I Oh man. And I think, uh, it's so amazing now that he's, that he's famous, but it always sounds like a very weird origin story because he was nothing at the time. Right. I was so inappropriately young to have right. rush on this very normal, like, right. Guy. He's such a nice guy. He, I, and maybe that's, I think, you know what it is? I think it was that I have daddy issues and that he was just, what? you know, yeah, no. <laughs> he was like America's dad and he was so right. nice. Oh my God. He's not America's dad. He's too young. You're right. Yeah. That's because I'm old. What? Okay. Yeah. You didn't, you spent so much time in the hospital. What's the longest you spent in school? And did you have friends and were they, they probably Mm -hmm. were like, who's this fucking weirdo. And did you take your SATs? Like, how did you do school? Um, I, so in children's hospitals, they have like a teacher who, has a classroom, but if you are one of the people on contact isolation, she comes to you. Um, however, there's no sort of schedule because you're sick. Like, right. she can't just be like, make sure you're in, you're, I'm coming in at 10 a.m. It's like she comes in and I'm coughing up a lung and crying. And so she's not going to make me do this lesson right now, you know? So did you ever cough up a lung to get out of doing some, something? Here's the thing. I have always, as a kid, I definitely did. And as an adult, I've always been worried that if I ever do fake it and then, you know, it's going to be a boy who cries wolf and then I'll lose all credibility. When right, I'm right, right, right. Oh so, yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she, there was always different people who were helping us and they were in contact with our teachers at school, I guess. So they knew what we were, they'd fax over, like, we're going to learn this times table thing in math. So make her do this. But I missed everything. And my teachers wouldn't make me like make up all the work because they felt bad for me. And so they were like, you can just stay with your friends. We're not going to hold you back. You know, did you have friends that that you. Yeah, I did. Um, I had friends who were. I think when you're a little kid, your friends and their parents and your parents are friends. You yeah. Know? So they're like, they're more connected. And so right. I think it was easier when I was a little kid and sick because my mom would still be keeping me in the, like, she would go to things and she, right. Like, oh, I saw your friend Allie and her mom. Right. So she's kind of, my mom's like subbing, like tagging in for me. Um, and so she's the understudy. And so then I'll be like, kind of just hearing about all these things that are happening 
now the term is FOMO. Now they have come up. Right, right, FOMO. Have that back. I didn't know what it was back then, but I I just felt like I missed major FOMO. Everything. But but you did I mean, ha, what's the longest period you spent like if you were in high school, it, yeah. like consistently going to class? Like without missing without being sick for whatever. Yeah. I think, it's a good question. Probably I, I think I can remember like a month straight of not missing any school. Um even if not for being sick, but for doctor's appointments, because right, so many doctor's appointments, even when I'm healthy and doctors only will schedule you during the day. So between those two, I would say maybe three weeks to a month. Wow. And then you'd leave for how long? So yeah, that's the thing. I, even if I was in the hospital for, I don't know, th- three weeks, I still get out and I don't just go right back to school. You know, I do, I do home care or whatever. And I shit better. The hospital just keeps me until I'm like no longer critical. And then I still am. Right. You're still sick. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I, I would say like, it it was never like when I was little before when I was very defiant, but I didn't ever want to take my medicine. So I was always so fucking sick and medicine wasn't as good back then. Right. I was sick for really long stints. Um, and then in high school, I feel like I remember making friends and starting to do theater and like, getting a boyfriend. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to miss school. So I would push through when I was sick because I wanted to socialize. Right. And so I would be sick one day and the next day I'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to try to go in. And then two days later, I'm like, no, I, I, now I'm even sicker. And so it was a lot of ev- every other day missing shit. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah, I know. And especially when I could drive myself, like I never wanted to miss anything. Of course uh, not. Miss school. I don't know if did you do theater? I was in the marching band and the orchestra um because I was too tall. Oh, too yeah. tall. Yeah. To, to do I couldn't be in the play. I was, you know, I was over 6 feet oh, tall. Yeah. I'm about 6'2 now, but oh, I was 6'3. Okay. I I'm I, like, I I'm, know. Yeah, You're yeah, like but- perfect. Right. <laughs> but you're skinny. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you were in the marching band. I see. Okay. Shut um, up. All right. You know what? Hey, you know what? I was going to say, though, I don't know how it was in your school, but the marching band, like the, the band kids and the theater kids were very connected because y'all did like the sits pro, you know, you did like the orchestra no. for the shows. Oh, or, I did the orchestra for the show too. Yeah. 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 yeah I love and, the, I love the um, theater kids. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. And so you couldn't, I don't know if this was like this for you, but like, if you had an after school thing, like you were on a soccer team or you did theater, yeah. you missed school that day. You couldn't go to practice. Right. Um, and so I would go to school just so I could not miss rehearsal. Cause I would be afraid right. that's my role or something. Um, and so, yeah, then I started really pushing myself just cause I was like, I don't want my understudy to go on every fucking time. Right. You know? So you got into the, you went to the, um, university of the arts. Our, our Manny went there, our Manny for our kids. Yes. Yes. And our gay, our gay Manny. And I mean, did you have to take the essay? I'm like, I'm really curious. Did you have to do all that shit and you had to audition and. I did take the SATs. Um, I actually did very well on the SATs. Um, Not me. Go ahead. <laughs> for someone who didn't attend school, because I, while I had all that free time being sick, they give you like the prep book. And so like right. that was all I needed, I didn't really as much need, you know, 
15 years of school. As well, plus you didn't have any distractions, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I did pretty well. But then I, once I realized I was going to school for acting and UArts doesn't, it's a conservatory. So we don't take gen eds or anything. It's just right. acting classes all day long. They didn't need your SAT scores. So it was kind of for nothing, but um, yeah. And so I did have to audition and everything. Um, you know, I wasn't like, like I said, I'm on and off of oxygen. So I get to kind of be a double agent. I get to kind of play both fields, you know, um, Mm -hmm. if I don't want people to know that I'm sick when it comes to like applying for a job or auditioning, I don't want them to think I'm going to be a liability. Right. And that works in my favor. Um, so, you know, when I got into school, I didn't say anything to the people I was auditioning with about like, Hey, so, um, (laughs) you're, you know, I mean, they saw my transcripts, I guess. So I guess that probably says how many right. people I missed, but yeah. Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week, you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. I just did Chef's Choice. 60 or more add ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep, there's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D-5-0, JudyGold50, to get 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at Factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. I want to take the rest of the time because I'm so fascinated by you and you're so fucking funny. Thank you. And I, you know, you have this, uh, terminally, terminally chill. Mm-hmm. What? So you've raised money for terminally chill, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is a series based on your life. 
Mm-hmm. And I yep. love that you have you have on your wrist inhale um, a tattoo. You'll never guess what the other one says. I'm gonna think. Is it begin with an E? Oh, oh good. Yeah. So and in the hospital when I'm really fucking sick and they're putting an IV in me and my oxygen levels are like 82. They think it's so funny when they see that shit. <laughs> like, so funny. Okay, bitch. God, yeah. That's, yeah. that's hilarious. Um, you're not, you don't feel sorry for yourself. No. I know this is so vomitosis and you can tell, you can like hang up, but <laughs> you have such a gift that, you not only because you're talented and you're smart and that you've never, you don't have anything to compare, you know, like people will ask you questions and you're like, well, I don't know what it's like not to be sick. So you can't compare, you know, like it's, it's when people become sick. Like when I had to start Mm -hmm. taking like SSRIs or like, and you get like, Oh, why does this have to happen to me? And, and, you know, I've always said, if you have depression, anxiety, whatever the fuck you have, and you have to take a pill, it's just like having any other disease and you have to fucking deal with it. Like, I'm so sorry. You're so fucking lucky. You never had to fucking deal with this. This is like, so you have no knowledge. So does it annoy you? Like, I, I always ask my, my, my podcast guests what pisses them off the most, it, you know, cause that's why it's called kill me now. Uh-huh. Um, do you f- find it annoying when people are like, I can't believe I have to, you know, I have to wear, I have to use a cane for three weeks or whatever, like shit like that. Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. Like what, <laughs> sometimes I try to sugarcoat that. Like, no, everyone's pain is, is there. No, because it's I, not. I do believe, you know, I fully understand that side of it, but you know what it is, Judy, is that I also have bipolar disorder so the one side of me. Oh my God, congratulations. Mazel tov. Mazel tov and Simon Tov and Mazel tov. Mazel tov and Simon tov. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like there's the one half of my brain that's very like, oh, hey, your pain is yours. You know, like I don't want to validate. And I do very much feel that way when I feel it. But when I don't feel it, I am so fucking annoyed by people who, and I mean, honestly, I think what really pushed me over the edge was everybody having to experience for six months during COVID what I've experienced for my entire life. I know, it's so fucking whiny. Acting as though it it was over. Right. Like, if I had to do this forever, I would just end it all. And it's like, yeah, can you fucking imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. Which part of your bipolar is the better comedy writer? Oh, the, mm, mm -hmm. I mean, the, I would say the angrier part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is a better writer. She's, she's more observant. Um, right. In a, in a way of like people doing annoying things, but then sometimes the other, the other bipolar side comes out where I tell myself, like, it'll be like conversation, like, oh, fuck that person. And then I'll be right. Like, That's the best. Yeah. A- and it's like, shut the fuck up. I um, know. Yeah. I, yeah. and I can't stop it, but that I would say that is one of my biggest, yeah, it drives me crazy. I mean, I, you know, I had a lot of trouble when I used to work in restaurants and like right out of college, I managed a bar. And when you're the manager and you have to talk to people who want to speak to the manager, hearing the things that people consider so upsetting that they're going to actually raise their voice at people, you know, and I'm just standing there like on oxygen while they're telling me like that they're 
tacos were cold. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it is like life or death. And I'm just like, obviously you're in my prayers. Like I'm rooting for you. You know, I listen, I gotta, um, I gotta run to the hospital. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll right. make sure your tacos are really, mm-hmm. I can um, try to pick you up some tacos on my way back from the hospital. If that it, would oh my God, this is great. I hope you talk about this on stage. I actually, I, I'm just this talking is, right now off the cuff, but no, I know this is the stuff you, uh, um, I want you to do that show terminally chill. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, uh, uh, so where is that now? So it is, honestly, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it, but fuck. All right. Um, you don't have to. All right. No, no, yeah. it's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it is a, uh, like a, I was approached, like, I always like to say this cause I don't like it to sound like it was my idea to make a show about myself. I was approached about this by producers who said, we think we could really sell a show about, you know, your life as a terminally ill stand up in her twenties living in Philly. Um, but we can't do it without you, you know, like we would, you, right. you would need to play, you know, the character's name is, is Kirsten Michelle sells. So, wow. Um, that's, that's so really it's, original. It's like a, uh, it's like, I don't know what you call that kind of TV, like Seinfeld or like fresh Prince, where like it's their name and it's just uh, fake circumstances. Although I guess. Oh yeah. It's based on your, yeah. It's a story yeah. based on your it's life. Like, yeah. And none of the people in it are actually right. Right. In my life. Right. It's just, what if I was in these? And so, um, that we, we've been working on for a while. We filmed a whole first season. We filmed 14 episodes um, Awesome. and now it's in post. And so we have <gasps> a lot of great reach out. Like we have some good network meetings coming up as soon as it's out of post, which should be very soon. So hopefully, Oh my God, it's such a good idea. I want to write on it. Thank you. Oh my Judy. Okay. I mean, you can just, yeah. If you have any ideas, throw them my way. Oh my God. I love that. It's such a great idea. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I love it. That's it. That that's the show, but it is, uh, I am really, and you know what? No one else is going to come up with that show idea based. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Well, it could happen. It is show business. I know. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's some questions I have. What do you think people waste their time with the most? Like, what do you see people doing where you're like, oh, what a fucking. Um, I think it is. And I think for me, the biggest one isn't the self-pity like we talked about. It's the complaining to other people that I think the more I would observe people, you know, when I sit and people watch you realize like there's some people who are friends or they're married or they're dating and they're so bored with each other in their lives that they have nothing else to talk about except for complaining about. Right. Right. And that is the shit that makes me, you know, I mean, it's like the, the more like, judgy side is like, maybe you should get better friends or a better fucking husband or whatever it is that all you guys can do. The only way you know how to talk is commiserate. That kind of shit drives me up the wall. Right. And I think what's hard is when that becomes the majority of the way people communicate with each other. You know, it's like, when's the last time you, you came home and you said one good thing that happened to you today, (laughs) you know? Um, do your friends ever like complain to you and then they're like, Oh my God, I'm really sorry. Of all the fucking time. 
Is it like, hi, I'm having a really big problem. I know you're dying, but I'm having a really, (laughs) is that? Some, yeah, but like they, they do see the humor in what they're saying. Yes. My best friend, uh, Savannah, she's my, my partner in all things. And if Savannah complains to me about something, she will end it with, by joking around, she will end it with like, and then this happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me and to top it all off. My best friend is terminally ill, you know, like right. I'm so she'll, she'll, or my best friend was in nine 11 too. So I'm, I'm really struggling. So she's very good at like my friends, they get it. And I don't ever want them to feel like they can't talk to me. Like I am happy to listen. I, but sometimes I think my, sometimes I think it's less judgy and that it's my brain can't comprehend when people will tell me a full story and I can't figure out what the problem is in it. You know, like they have a point and they say it like that I should know, you know, and like, right. Yeah. And then they, you know, and then blah, 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 blah. And then the guy at the gas station said this. And I'm like, based on your tone, I feel like you're saying that's the issue. So we can break that. (laughs) But I, my fucking, you know, brain. Because you're, you have a completely different perspective. Right. And it, because I've had it from such a young age, it's fucked because I genuinely try to see what, but there's some things that, you know, people will be like, oh my God. And then my freaking, you know, and then my mom took away my phone for the night. And I'm like, and wow. Then, yeah. And, and, and the problem is, yeah. Phone, right. What am I, what am what, I missing now? Um, are you jealous of anyone? Do you look at people? Are you jealous? Like, oh my God, you don't. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you think about it all the time? Do you wake up every day and think about it? Not every day, but I get jealous about it when I see people my age, people with who are comparable in whatever sense, you know, maybe we we went to the same high school, same college, we're the same type, we're, the, we're both comics, whatever, um, who can just do things that I can't do. You know, I I would get really jealous when everyone said COVID was over and it was, I still couldn't leave the house. Right. And people were doing comedy shows and they were just booking again and doing all this stuff. And it's like, and it would make me feel like, God, this is, I'm not as funny as these people. And it's like, no, dude, you can't leave the house. And, you know, so I I think that kind of gets to me. You're funnier than these people. Thank Sorry, you. what I saw, you are. <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit gets to me. I do get jealous over little shit, like getting, I'm running errands, getting in and out of the car on a 90 degree day with my oxygen backpack, you know, even yesterday, the kind of shit where you just run in real quick, come right back. Yeah. Everything's an ordeal, you know. If I yeah, wanna it's just hard or everything. Yeah. Right. I want to go somewhere. My friends are like, want to go out for the day? And I'm like, is it going to be more than six hours? Because then I'll bring a backup oxygen tank and I'll keep <laughs> Is there going to be any open flames right. <laughs> and like, that's the kind of shit that I, I'm jealous of people who don't have to plan or pay as much attention. You know, when I have friends who are, we're all drunk and they get to like, just pass out. And I'm like, I have to wake my ass up off this couch. Cause I have to take my medicine no matter what, you know, that, that kind of stuff's like, what a life it, you must live. <laughs> but but it's also then on the other hand, you have this great material about I don't know what it's like to worry about my credit score or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you're such a gift to the world. Judy, <laughs> you are I. you are being 
so kind right now. No, but I just feel like I, 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 I just, you, people everywhere should know you. You are, you are making people laugh. You are bringing joy to people's lives. You know, you are doing, you are the comedy, like you're making comedy out of something that is incomprehensible to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, you're such a survivor. You're such a role model. You're amazing. You're fucking amazing. Judy, thank you. I'm not kidding. I, I believe- know. But meanwhile, you have to understand my POV, which is like three weeks ago. And I'm telling my best friend, Savannah, that I'm going to be on this podcast. And she goes, she's a huge Curb fan and a huge 30 Rock fan. Oh. She's like, Judy Gold, why are you going to be on her podcast? You know, and <laughs> meanwhile. Oh, shut up, Savannah. So yeah, I blocked her number, but either way, I am. Uh, really? You're not talking to Savannah now? No, I'm fucking joking. I would never. Oh, all right. Because I thought say, she was your best friend. Tattoos, so we're, it's it's set in stone. And okay. she's the only other writer on Terminally Chill, so we really can't leave. Oh, leave. okay. Yeah. I just think that people need to know you. And, you. and I believe her. in the power of comedy. I believe in the healing. I mean, don't you think comedy has is a healing? I mean- Holy shit. And yeah. hearing like I get I love I still at this fucking point in my life. Still love getting on stage and getting laughs. I mm-hmm. mean, it must be the fact that you can experience that. Unreal. It's amazing. It's such a fucking and I hate being this person who's like, oh, what a gift our career. Right. Is. Right. Jesus Christ, the fact that my job, the way I pay my rent is telling my stupid fucking jokes on stage like that is such a gift. And the fact that I get to spend most of my life watching people tell jokes who just bring so much joy. And, you know, anybody who doesn't go to live comedy or live theater in general, you don't know that feeling of like, you go in, the phones are away, the door closed, the, right. the lights are out. I mean, the phones should be away, but they're not always other. I know people are such fucking assholes. But yeah. It's like you get to, no matter how shitty your day was that day, no matter how sh- you're about to go home and do some, something you don't want to do. And it's like, you at least have that like two hours of like, I just want to hear jokes and I want to laugh. I want to fucking laugh. And I didn't have, I mean, comedy has always been a huge part of my life, but I don't even know where I would be or what I would be if I weren't 15 at like my lowest self-pity time, getting diagnosed with bipolar, really setting in that I am a 15 year old girl who wants to date and be social, but I'm sick. If it weren't for having Jimmy Fallon, like, you know, there every single night, like not that he knows he was there, but I know he was there. I do not know what, what I would be doing with my life, but it would be very different because that, I would right. be like, fuck, he is doing the Lord's work. Right. Yeah. Um, Lord Jewish or just Jesus? Jesus is Jewish. Uh, I don't know what the Lord is. I don't, I don't like, know. I can't, yeah. all this shit is just annoying to me. Um, <laughs> So I ask every guest what pisses them off the most. Mm-hmm. Um, what what pisses you off more than anything? Okay. So my question is, can, um, does it have to be, because I've heard some examples, um, does it have to be something major? Because I feel like- No, I, I most, I mean, the things that piss me off yeah. are, t- are little stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, minor is, I like that better. Okay, go. now that I've gone through all these big things, it's going to sound very stupid when I say- No, I love it. I think the things, the thing that pisses me off more than anything, I mean, I 
I think it might just be the age I'm at. I don't know what it is, but I cannot fucking stand babies. I I wasn't expecting that. I can't stand them. They do nothing for society. And I'm serious. I didn't, I I did not know that was coming. Get me heated because I'm, oh, what did you, why are you crying? What did you do today? You know, and I just. It is. I think it's the core of the question you asked earlier. Like right. People who have it all and they complain. It's like you have it all. You fuck. Yeah. So I, I, there's <laughs> maybe a handful of children that I have liked in my life, but babies really get me. So do can you fly? Is it hard for you to fly? <laughs> um, I, I mean, now that we have like really good ear canceling headphones, it's not as bad, but yeah, it, it makes me really mad. I mean, I'm not even mad. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. Yeah. yeah Here's, uh, so I went to Israel, Israel, because my son was playing basketball there. Okay. So I'm in, we got first class because I can't fit. And I'm, if I'm going to fly for 12 hours, I'm not fucking mm-hmm. right. It's LL, it's Jewish Airlines. So there's a lot of, you know, Jews. Anyway, in first class, there was a family. Okay. Now these tickets are so expensive. Okay. Yeah. There's a family, a mother and a father young. They have three kids. That's three kids. And one of them is a baby sitting in, has the baby has their own flat bed in first class. And you know what? I guarantee that baby doesn't have a fucking job. So it didn't buy its own ticket. It's not right. Wait, so the baby's screaming. I'm like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, like six hours into the flight, I have to pee and I get up and I, I look. And there is like, a, I don't know how many month old baby laying flat on a, while there's some schmuck in the back who's like <laughs> six, eight and can't, I, I, I was, I, I was like, oh my God, this baby is just laying. I fuck. Okay. You, that's exactly it. That's like a metaphor for exactly what yes, I'm talking Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I know what you mean, those things where they lay it out so it turns into like a little bed. Yes, no, yeah. the whole, no, no, no. It was one of our seats. It was like a first class seat, full it, seat. How, I was going to say, I I couldn't fly first class for myself. I can't right. imagine paying for three little kids and one of them is an infant. He's not going to remember it. I know. They but the care. parents probably just didn't and want they got, We have so much money. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then what do you do for your mental health? That we're a very pro mental health thing. Do you take, are you on meds? Mm -hmm. I take, um, 200 milligrams of Lamictal every day. Oh, I was on that when I had a really bad depression. Lamictal. I love Lamictal. I was on lithium for a long time and it. I took lithium when I was in a clinical depression. Oh, sucked. And I was sick. But it's all bloatation device. I I literally couldn't stay awake in class. I had to get my lithium levels all the time. So I didn't get lithium poisoning day. Right. Lamictal Fox. I love it. Um, And then I'm on 40 milligrams of Prozac. I take. Uh, That did um, nothing for me. Take uh, lorazepam as needed. Oh, me too. Woo. Yeah. Um, For like, you know, bad PTA. Like if there's like fireworks or anything that like. Yeah. Triggers me. 
Um, and then I take um, Adderall for ADHD. And it's, oh, it's, I take Ritalin. Oh my God, oh, we're yeah. so alike. It's been a great cocktail of of like medicine. Yeah, I, this is like the best I have felt on my psych meds in a minute. So, what if you could say something like if you had a speaker like a bullhorn and could say something to every fucking privileged, spoiled fucking brat in the world who complains about, you know, my burger, my tacos, my Mm -hmm. car got dented. Like, do you sweat the small, like, are you, you don't sweat the small stuff. Like if you got a. To a fault, I don't. (laughs) Right. No, but that's great. And I should sweat it, you know? Right. (laughs) You know what it's stuff that's like, okay, you still need to pay your electric bill. (laughs) Like just. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what, what would you say to everyone if you could, I say this 5,000 times a day, it ain't that deep. That is like my fucking motto of life. It is not that deep. Like, I don't want to hear like the tacos. It is lunch. It is a meal. You're going to, you had one this morning. You're going to get another one tonight. What is the worst that's going to happen? Like the stakes are so low, relax, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's not that deep. Have you ever said to someone, you know what? I'm terminally ill. <laughs> like I have never said it, but people will say it for me. I'm not great at advocating for myself or other people w- will catch themselves in the middle of complaining and be like, never mind. Um, but yeah, when I'm not on oxygen and I don't look sick or I don't have like my, my central line in, I- I've never said, you know, that. what's a great joke is like, if the audience doesn't laugh, you could say, um, I just want to let you know I'm terminally ill and if this is the last show I ever do, I'll just, you know, you could totally fucking do right. so much. Right. You have to laugh or it's a hate crime. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I honestly love to pull that card when I need to. That's yeah. I get to be a double agent. Like I get to really, I get to live the privilege of a, uh, right. of a person who half the time is not on oxygen. And it's just right. like a at a bar. And then I also get to do the, you know, the look at me attitude. <sighs> When did you know you were funny? Like, was it in the hospital? Was I always knew I was loud and I always knew mm -hmm, I always knew I was loud and I always knew I was very clearly theatrical. I always knew I was definitely like a baby gay. Like, you know, I didn't know. Right. I I felt like I always had the the all the signs that means you're going to grow up to be like an artist, you know, without right. you know, the time. But I think when I realized I was funny was because as, yeah, like maybe 10, 11, 12, when people would visit me in the hospital, or I think maybe when I just started to pick up on sympathy as a whole and I hated it. And it made me really uncomfortable when people would be sad for me, uh, which is like a comp, like people would come to visit me in the hospital and they, and it's all about them. And it's like, you want to break the tension and like, all right, enough. I already, I know, like, can we not spend this amount of this time being miserable? Right. Cause so much of being a sick person is comforting other people about the fact that you're sick. I know. No, it's bullshit. Right. I, it's not about, yeah, but it's, it's always about them. So I think that was when I, I felt like I always had to end with a joke so that it wouldn't be like, you know, well, heavy antibiotic isn't going to work. 
end of sentence as opposed to like they said this antibiotic isn't gonna work right but that's good because it makes me gain weight you know like what i like throw in a stupid fucking thing to kind of ease the tension and make them all feel better so they can go home and applaud themselves for visiting this sick girl and holding it together and so i think that was when i started to be like if I just joke, they'll leave and they'll shut, you know, they'll shut up. Right. And you have the power. You have the power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, when you're sitting in a hospital bed and my whole life has just been me in the room and everybody's like standing around. Maybe that's like where I got my love for an audience. It's like, they're always in, in the proscenium style audience. And so I, I just fucking realized I was funny. And then when I started watching, when I would always, as a little kid, watch these older kind of sitcoms that had really different humor. Um, I think I was just a little advanced because I was laughing at, even though I didn't fucking get it. Like, right. But, but you, you, you realized, oh, this is something good. This, these Mm -hmm. joke, like humor and satire. Yes. This is, Mm -hmm. this is what it's all about. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, and my mom was always really into stand up. She always had like, um, you know, like she always had a, stand up like CDs, you know, right. um, and, you Oh, know. I love this. Yeah. So like when I was, when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. And I remember the first time hearing, um, microbiglia is what I should have said was nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, right. this is fucking it. And then Jim Gaffigan came into my life and I, I just was like, well, if you're not going to mention Judy gold, then, um, and then Judy gold, who I'm about to listen to and not read this book. That's going to blow me away. Yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) yeah, that's right. That's right. Bitches. Listen, Mm -hmm. I'm working in Philly in September and I really want you to come and do a set. What are you doing? I would love to come see city winery. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's a, Oh, hell wait. Yeah. What is your show? I would love to come. Okay, let me look, you fucking... Yeah. No, I want you to perform on it. Oh, I would love to. I would love that even more. Okay, let's see. I, I will there? have listened to the book before I see you. Just shut the fuck up. I'm going to have um, a report on it. Okay. Oh, here it is. September 17th. Okay, great. That's great. Okay, I'm in. City Winery. Yay, I can't wait! I'm going to meet you in person! Oh, yeah. Have you been there before? Yeah. I love, yeah. I love City Winery. That's a great Best. Juice. Dude, that's amazing. I can't believe I'm going to get to. Oh my God, we're going to do a show. Woo! Hell yeah. Well, right. you, I mean, you have my info, obviously, but, um, uh, you know, I gave Laura all my stuff. My, my okay. Stuff. Laura, who's, uh, Laura's, who's 30, our producer, Laura, is 37 today. 37 years young. And how does it feel, Laura? <laughs> you like shit. <laughs> okay. You're talking to someone who's terminally ill. And someone who's turning 60 this year. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. We I don't mean, even know who's going first. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Dude, thank you. This was um, this was amazing. Thank you. No, you're amazing. Me. I love you. <laughs> I love you. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Kirsten Michelle. Sills. She's amazing. Is she not amazing? I needed that. I needed that. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel. It is edited by Colin Schmeling. And it is impossible for this podcast to exist without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards, who was now married to Samuel Richmond, and she is now Brittany Jo Sowards Richmond. Okay. If you have not subscribed to the podcast and left a review, 
Like seriously, you have mental illness and you need to do that because that's the only way people find the podcast. And there's so many podcasts and you know you love my podcast the most and that's why you're listening to the end. If you are still listening to the end, I, I fucking love you. Just so you know, this week, uh, as usual, I'll be at the Art House in Provincetown on Tuesday night and Wednesday night at 7.30. But in on uh, Thursday, August 18th, I, Judith Hannah-Gold, will be at the mansion in Saratoga Springs, New York, uh, performing. It's an outdoor venue. It's gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. So uh, if you're in that Lake George, Saratoga area, come see me at the mansion because it, it actually is a mansion and it's so fun. So you can check all this stuff out at where I am, what I'm doing on judygold.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I have to do more TikTok stuff. I haven't done it in a while. Uh, at judygold, J-E-W-D-Y, G-O-L-D. And uh, if you are going to be near Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, I will be doing a big gala there on uh, September 3rd. So get your asses there because it's going to be really fun. Camp Rehoboth. All right. I have to say I'm a little bit happy about Merrick Garland and what he's been doing. I'm not happy about the reaction of the GOP. I just, I can't, it's just disgusting at this point. It's so fucking disgusting. So I'm trying not to focus on that and just focus on the funny, you know, the funny, because <laughs> we got to laugh. Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed my uh, interviews the last two weeks because I really needed that. I need. I, I, I found out about this incredible woman and I was like, you know, let's put things into perspective, even though our country's falling apart. What else? Um, ben turned 21. Ben. And uh, I am now the mother of two adults, and I don't like it. That means I'm tall. But anyway, uh, thank you all so much for listening. I love you. There'd be no podcast without the listeners, all three of you. And uh, as we always say, so long. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.